0: 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Somebody Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. If we're going to make it out of here. We got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. This is why you watch 7 News at 5. This breaking story is happening as we speak to get breaking news from the alert desk. When I know about it, you'll know about it first. So you're always connected with what's happening now, only on 7 News at 5.
1: Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. Grace Parr is with me this week. Grace Parr is with everybody this week. <laughs> what? I don't know what that means. Kieran Deal's here too. Hi,
2: how are you guys?
1: <laughs> this week, Kieran Deal and Grace Parr join me to talk surfing the still-breaking blue wave of the 2018 midterms. We also debate public marriage proposals and talk about the one time I was in a KISS Cam in a baseball stadium with my brother. Then I'll have what she's having and the hills will die on. Oh, my gosh. I am uh, congested. Mm -hmm. Everybody is congested because uh, the state is on fire. Yeah, Mother Nature is uh, suggesting that
2: we secede from the union. Yeah, I think—
1: yeah, top to bottom, burning, burning it down. Uh,
2: I thought you said Mother Nature was suggesting that we leave this planet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's maybe
1: the stronger pitch for I think why that's the fires. Why? Well, we should not be here. Yeah, uh, it's time, guys. Your your reign is over, <laughs> and Hashtag I'm done with you, you as like... <laughs> a
3: parasite on my planet.
1: Yeah. It's like when you go to a party and like, or you you host a party and like somebody just won't leave. And you just want them to leave. And, oh, yeah. And so, Mother Nature, like, Mother Nature's at the point where she's like, I'm going to start my house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's time.
3: To I'm burning my own self. <laughs> yes. That would be like if somebody comes to your party and then you set your house and yourself on fire <laughs> so that you get them to leave. That's really,
1: they really want us gone. I think yeah. whatever it takes, honestly. I mean, when I watch a movie that's about, like Man versus Nature, like Planet of the Apes or anything like that, I'm yeah. always like, come on, apes. Oh, me too. I just saw War of the Planet of the Apes, by the way, for the first time. That's a, that's a slow-ass film. It was a
2: slow-ass film. It was a slow-ass film. And yeah. I, I cared very much about the apes. Welcome to
3: Crooked Media. We're getting all the hard-hitting <laughs> news about
1: brand what's new, really Three-year-old <laughs> year old movies and uh, green tea. We have some housekeeping. So we called for listener submissions to Hillsgiving, our special... Listener heavy episode that we're doing for Thanksgiving, but also so that we can take a week off and see our families and let them know we're <laughs> alive. Because um, we've been in the crooked media studios imprisoned for three months straight. But we, uh, it turns out we are far from the only people with extremely ardent opinions about extremely non important things. We got so many submissions for Hills Giving that we will probably make the listener Hills to die on a, a regular part of the, the show. Um, but next week, you'll be able to tune in and listen to. A selection of reader hills to die on and also a a mailbag episode from things that people have sent us over the months that we've been doing this podcast for you. So thank you so much for sending these. If you want to get in touch for other reasons or send a hill to die on that we might feature at some other holiday episode or an episode where we're like, fuck it, we're not working this week. (laughs) It's hysteria at crooked dot com. And uh, yeah, thank you for sending everything. Let's get into the news. Let's do it. So it turns out, every time I, like, look at a, a headline about what happened on November 6th, I almost feel like going, well, well, well. Fiddle-dee-dee. <laughs> I mean, the night of the election, Karen doesn't Karen is, know it. Is do. shaking her head
2: in disapproval of fiddle-dee-dee over here.
1: <laughs> um, fiddle-dee-dee. <laughs> uh, how the tables have... Stayed exactly how we thought that they would stay, but nobody listened to us. Um, It turns out Tuesday's election, Tuesday, November 6th election, was even better news for Democratic women than we initially thought, than Mm -hmm. pundits initially talked about. And that's great. Kirsten Sinema uh, won the Senate race in Arizona, taking famously spineless Republican Senator Jeff Flake's old seat and defeating Martha McSally. Senator Jeff Flake of elevator fame. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're the guy from the elevator. I think that's maybe the best way for him to, like, live out his karma for the rest of his life is to have every— if you see him in public, like, are you the guy— from the elevator?
2: <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Just lean into it. Are you
1: the senator from the elevator? The senator from the elevator. Did you? Hmm. He's also from a town called Snowflake, which is hilarious. Is he too. really? Yeah. Wait, there's a town called Snowflake? In Arizona. Oh, awesome. And that's the town that Jeff Flake is from. That's wonderful. Yeah. A lot of flakes. That's a lot a, of flakes. A lot of flaking. A yeah. lot of flaking. In a way, we're,
3: aren't we all from the town called Snowflake? <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, I mean, that's where all liberals are from. For sure. (laughs) Right? I'm guilty. Did you guys see the video of, so, like, kind of in the aftermath of the election, there's been a sort of male fit throwing, a Republican, like, collective tantrum about voter fraud and election interference. But it was sort of a different story in Arizona. Where Martha McSally, who is, had been kind of campaigning as a Trump acolyte, yeah. conceded in a way that was both classy and involved a dog. I mean, there's nothing greater than that. I think anytime you can involve a dog,
2: you're going to get points in my book.
1: Yeah, totally. Good for her. Yeah, she she just kind of released a video that was like, "Good job, congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> carry on with democracy," which was which was great. But meanwhile, in places like Georgia. Cartoon villain Brian Kemp <laughs> is still uh, is trying to, I guess, stop votes from being counted. We're still kind of in the process of figuring out how that's going to all unfold. That's what democracy is about, for sure.
3: Yeah, also in Florida. Still going. Still going. <laughs> yeah, still going with Mr. Nelson. Yeah. Which is very, you know, it's it's a little, every time you're just like, oh God, why can't my state count? Yeah. You know? It's
1: like, always Broward County, too.
3: I saw, It's Broward and West Palm. They're big and they're... I don't know. I don't know. There's obviously some infrastructural issues. Yeah. And I don't know why there's infrastructural
2: issues because i, I haven't looked into it but it's <laughs> what's the broward county vibe like has anybody been have either of you guys been i'm the... sure karen's back. yes of course i've been to broward okay. what's the broward <laughs> county vibe Yeah, i want to <laughs> know i want to know like what are, what are what the, is the vibe there what's the vibe like we we talk about like the numbers but we don't talk about you know like you're driving down a street in broward county am i rolling up to a chick-fil-a and like, what am i going to an olive garden am i just there's no I... chick-fil-a i
3: don't oh, think that's, that's and a
2: shame. i don't I don't think there's any Chick Fil A's in South Florida?
3: Now I'm sure if I'm incorrect about that, somebody will slam
1: me on the <laughs> internet. I saw somebody describe as the Florida of Florida.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's I have really to. Good. I do have to defend South Florida and say that it is. It is actually incredibly liberal. I did not like. I grew up. I grew up in Boca Raton, Florida. Rat when, mouth. That's correct. The mouth of the rat, which feels appropriate, and then and then and entered the.
1: what grace is just like aimless spanish over there (laughs) (laughs) it's a
2: really fun word raton
1: it's so fun just try
2: it with me ladies raton
1: yeah it's great right okay Uh, yeah all right let's move on I mean, I I do, you know, I think it's fun to shit on South Florida because people in South Florida, I think, are used to having things being shat on for them. And Mm -hmm. and they're right. It is a very liberal place and it's very diverse and there's a lot going on there. It's
3: very diverse. Like there's a lot of I mean, like I'll say I'll say that, Okay, there weren't there weren't that many minorities like at the public school that I went to. But I did not realize like I was always treated like, oh, she's really smart and never like. I didn't realize like I was like a woman in a minority really until I got into maybe like Harvard and then entertainment, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm. it's like I was way more aware of like my identity, like by like race and gender outside of South Florida than I was when, uh, which is counterintuitive. And that says a lot for a place. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And obviously that's a very particular experience and it's just one person's experience. I can't speak for everyone Marilyn Manson was also from Boca Raton, Florida. The alcoholic backstreet boy, also from Boca Wait, Raton, one's Florida. Wait, which the alcohol- AJ. Nick Carter? AJ. Oh. AJ. oh. Again, the really hard hitting issues today, guys. <laughs>
2: really AJ knocking it favorite. out of the park by the way aj had the best voice for sure with three-year-old uh, <laughs> movie references raton and a little bsb and a who little are ending their residency in vegas in april of
1: 2019 oh so my check god that out if you haven't this is this is clearly a post-election giddiness <laughs> show um but i wanted to go back real quick to a couple like victories that we weren't able to fully gloat upon yes, in the yes. last episode Katie Hill, who is mm. only 31 mm. years old, who people like, I think she kind of doesn't really get mentioned in the mix with like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez mm-hmm. and Abby Finkenauer of Iowa, who are both under 30, but Katie Hill's only 31. Yeah. And I did. she uh, unseated Republican Steve Knight in California's 25th, it was one of the most expensive congressional races in the country mm-hmm. and she won. And she, she doesn't
3: s- take money, right? She doesn't take money from super PACs. Not and- super
2: PACs, not corporate money. No, she's she's akin to Beto like that. Um and a number of other of other awesome progressives. Uh, did you see the uh, debate with her and Steve Knight? No, uh, if you guys saw this, it's it's wild because he does not he doesn't look at her. He doesn't acknowledge her. Like he's I don't know, uh, so intimidated or so holier than thou, whatever, whatever it was. It's it's the strangest thing to see two people theoretically in conversation or at least in a debate of some kind who just don't interact with each other. And don't. she's like looking at him, not for approval, but just like because you're you're ta- you're like, talking to I feel someone. Like we did this podcast and I didn't look at you guys. It was yeah. very strange. Was Let's very try strange. it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's see how the rest of this goes. I mean, Megan does have her no eye contact rule, which has made it weird, but we do work around it. Um, it's in her writer. Um, she she's
2: awesome though. I will say, I I got a chance to host a town hall for Katie and did some canvassing for her uh, in the district, and she's she is just so smart and and ready to do this and. Um, uh, I, I think also what she has to say about mental health is incredible, and and I think that her perspective on the uh, Second Amendment is really interesting, too, especially as a progressive.
1: Yeah, she's also a member of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. and she's the first female member of that community elected to Congress in the state of California, which seems a little sad aggressive, as z would say. Yeah. But, hey, we did it. We Here did we it. Here we are. Here we are with Katie Hill. Mm-hmm. In Congress, actually, we tried to get somebody booked this week because we're like, we need to get somebody who just got elected. That's going to be so exciting. There's, but they're in, they're all in like Congress school. They have like Senator school, <laughs> Congress this week. camp, yeah, Congress camp where they all go and like sing Kumbaya and like do lanyards. Of-
3: what is? Yeah, I was curious about that. I think this was something with, I I was very curious because like Emily's List exists mm-hmm. um, to help women get elected. But then you have so many first time people coming in. Mm-hmm. And so what is, the, do you know more about this school? Because we t- we know. had talked about that a little bit with Gailie, uh, like, or with Alyssa. Yeah. You know, like, like once you get into Congress, uh-huh. if you're a freshman, it's like, like you're talking about how Nancy Pelosi is like a really mastermind politician at caucusing and whatever. But that stuff comes with experience. Like, mm-hmm. I would imagine that navigating the waters of Congress in year one would be a challenge
2: with a, a high learning curve mm-hmm. how do you bridge the gap for new people coming I, in I have though? heard that there's a woman that there's a woman in DC who does like Congress camp basically and all what? first yeah first first years did she go, teach you
1: how to like shop at Ann Taylor <laughs> like, how to pick the proper mock neck yeah here's a here are acceptable jewel tones to wear when you go on <laughs> MSNBC for a hit in the rotunda
2: yeah i think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of that and and this is from a friend of mine who was a congressional page who said that there's there's one woman who's like very militant who's who's been getting the job done for like 20 years and um, she says that, like you know, you you get everybody who's a first year together in this this space, and some people like the smart ones pick it up really quickly, and then the dumb ones don't. And <laughs> then good luck. Like I don't know, I don't know what happens after that. I feel like there is that kind of primer, and that's great. But like, what happens if you're a you know a second
1: second year and you still don't have the ropes? I don't, I don't know, know, but I think we need to write this pilot, ladies. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Congress school. <laughs> well, you know the the kind of sweeping victory of Democratic women, specifically, and women of color and women who were achieving firsts in uh, the elections on November 6th, it was, you know, big and different. In most states, it was it was pretty big, not Ohio, but, you know, Maine, New Mexico, other places. Yeah. It was big on the federal level. And, of course, in response to that, uh, the president of the United States has thrown a fit and lashed out, which is his, his standard mm-hmm. response. It's interesting whenever he's like upset, he yell, he tends to yell at people belonging to a specific demographic. And, you know, tell me if I'm, you know, I believe
3: that's called scapegoating. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: it seems like he tends to whenever things are going poorly for him, he attacks women of color, specifically Mm -hmm. black women, specifically powerful and accomplished black women who are trying to do their jobs. Last week it was Yamiche Alcindor of PBS, Mm -hmm. April Ryan Mm -hmm. of uh, the Urban Radio Network, I believe, and Abby Phillip with uh, the Washington Post. He kind of like rapid fire attacked them. I couldn't believe after, you know, April Ryan wrote an op-ed for The Washington Post about how, you know, like, duh, he's attacking black women and he does it all the time. And he makes it clear what he thinks about us. She wrote this really great op-ed for The Washington Post, which we'll put in the the show notes if you want to read it. It really kind of spells everything out. But by the time she'd written that, it was only like three days after the election. And it felt like there had been three weeks of presidential tantrums. And they were all directed at like... Journalists and like women of color, and it was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, what do you what do you make of his his predictable yet still upsetting response to uh, to being frustrated or angry? I mean, predictable and yet still upsetting is dead
2: on. I don't think that there's um, I, it's tough not to get cynical about the stuff. Like of, of, co- of course he's gonna react like that. It is it is kind of it's a little comical to see how. Just like tantrumy, he was right after the election. It's, it's like a clear correlation mm-hmm. between what happened and between his mood. Clear correlation. I don't know. I, just like when you're dealing with somebody who doesn't have a sort of clear train of thought or any, I don't know, any semblance of um, stability, it, I don't know what the solution is. Like, yeah. you know, except obviously, obvious outrage, obviously talking uh, against it and calling it out, especially on behalf of, of, uh, Women, we don't have to be the ones attacked for us to see that this is happening, mm-hmm. in other words.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, to me, it was sort of like a, oh God, it's like when you watch a three-year-old throw a fit in a supermarket and you're just like, I'm just, you know, you got to let him tire himself out. <laughs> but at the same time, I thought that this was like, okay, so this is something that he thinks should work because it worked for him during his presidential campaign, attacking right. the right people, the right people mm-hmm. in the eyes of his his voting base Works. It works when he is in front of a group of people because they cheer for him. It works when it's him like stirring up his base or getting tweets and retweets. He he feels like if he yells at people that look like how his base wants them to look, you know, like if he yells at the right the right people, then he will like kind of shore up his own support. But I think what happened on November 6th proves that he is running out of white men like there are not enough white men Mm -hmm. to support uh, a person who who there's not enough racist white men who to keep his presidency uh, something that has any any sort of public mandate. Mm-hmm. Like this is what he tried to do. Like the same mechanisms that he the same levers he's trying to pull here, which is like racism, fear, and a kind of patriarchal belief in this old hierarchy. Those things didn't work. He tried to do that when he when he was appealing to the caravan thing right before the election, where it's like, oh, these people from another country are coming in. Get scared and vote for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, oh, these black women are asking me questions that hold me to account for what I'm doing. Get scared and keep me in power. I don't think that's going to work anymore. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but I feel like these things are connected. No, I, I hear you on that. I mean,
2: I, I think that you're absolutely right. He's running out of white men. Obviously, there's been um, a, a criticism about the number of white women out there who are also Supporting him, you know, and the question is uh, Is that demographic able to keep him afloat? I think is you know, is really tenable It's just infuriating. We just keep going around in circles because what do you do at this point? What do you do? I don't know we have a house majority now, so maybe that'll change things Mm -hmm. we can't impeach him But also what if we can maybe that's you know, it's some something something has to give with this And I don't want it to be our own cynicism because another thing that that I think we're seeing is a byproduct of this There's a study that just came out that hate crimes increased by 17 percent in the last year That's not unrelated to this, you know? The kind of angst that you see coming from our president has very direct ramifications in the way that we are all treating each other and the way that we are all interacting. And that's where the rhetoric, while it can be something that we sort of, you know, shrug off or attribute to him exclusively and say, okay, well, that's just him, but the rest of us aren't thinking that. That's not true. That really is a top down. Mm -hmm. We're seeing the top down effects of that. And that's where I get really angry about this um, because I just, I think that we are seeing those, we're seeing a very direct correlation between that kind of rhetoric and action.
3: Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I think it's a difficult position for once you are an incumbent, like attacking from the outside is, you know, this guy did all these things wrong. Here's how this person's stupid, et cetera. But once you're sitting in as an incumbent, and and you fucked up a bunch, do you know what I mean? Like he's fucked up a bunch yeah. in the in very public ways, yeah. like siding with Russia. You know, things things that things that even a lot of Republicans would be like. Hey, this isn't like how we do business internationally. this these aren't our allies like these mm-hmm. very kind of like baseline rules for presidents mm-hmm. so that you know, even friends of mine who are Republican like feel very ashamed of this particular president. And then, yeah, it's i I would say that that there's always there's it's just in terms of the p o c woman thing it seems like a little bit of like like it's like a hater syndrome. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. just a it's it's if you are different at all there's a little bit of like a how dare you Mm -hmm. like how how dare how dare you yeah Stacey Abrams is uh, I mean brilliant like she's like not only like an incredible speaker with incredibly progressive ideas but I mean these are people who've been to the top schools in the country like I mean they're really like impressive credentialed you know like incredible human beings but it's like it's 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 so it's not just that it's reductionist I think that it's um you will know when we've achieved equality, when it's like when when you're in a system that that doesn't and isn't able to marginalize people in the same way or attack because there's enough of them that mm-hmm. it's like that it's the norm, mm-hmm. that it's business yeah. as usual, as opposed to as opposed to like, oh, I can point you out because you're a little bit different than what the norm of what I'm seeing is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. I also think that if you take a look at the freshman class of uh, congressmen coming in from the Democratic Party, they are younger mm-hmm. and more diverse and more female than any yes. freshman class ever. And, you know, if, if Trump's going to have a lot more people of color to yell at now and you know yeah. what I mean? and But they're going to be there to like be like, what what are you doing? Like he's not going to have just, you know, a few members of the press corps that are people of color where it, it should be more diverse than it is. but And like realistically, that's
2: not going to stop him from hating. And that's not going to stop him from speaking loudly. But it does add more voices to the chorus of resistance. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like a lot about that statistic is that it's not like, you know, uh, it's not pie in the sky. This is going to change him because it's not going to, but it is going to change the response and it's going to make those voices louder.
3: What I do think is fascinating, like like Emily's list, like the idea that like, Like, where you where you put your money is where your future is. Like, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me to see articles coming out now which are like women are the future of the Democratic Party. And I was like, well, like there's actually but there was a fund that was created Mm -hmm. to actually just like the Federalist Society, Mm -hmm. which has been very successful about getting judges like Kavanaugh onto the bench. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Where you put your money that's where the future is, because mm-hmm. if you invest for a long period of time in a thing mm-hmm. like that thing will reap benefits. Mm-hmm. And like Emily's List means that somebody like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez can like functionally and capably like run a campaign where you have to raise a million dollars or more, you mm-hmm. know, like whereas like a normal citizen's going to be like, how the fuck do I start? How would I even do that? So you're giving resources I'm I'm always really fascinated by that relationship with money cuz like Oakland oh, yeah. Oakland is like one of the places where oh there's a filmmaker renaissance coming out of Oakland and it's like San Francisco is one of the best A place it like they invest so much in independent film and has like the best grant system in the country. And then they're like, "Oh, there's like all these geniuses out of Oakland." I was like, "No, there's all these supported. There's all these. There's a lot of supported talent coming out (laughs) of like that area, which is why you're seeing good products from those people." Why does so
1: much good music come from Canada? Because they subsidize musicians in Canada. Yeah, exactly. Why? And, and, And I think that that's a really good point. Like, money follows money too. So like now that we have like, or money follows success, and now that women have shown that they can succeed in larger numbers than they ever have before. And 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 uh, I think progress has been slower than a lot of people would have hoped. Mm -hmm. But this is really encouraging for the future of where money is going to go, which is really exciting uh, and really great. And I think we've got a lot of presidential tantrums to look forward to between now and 2020, (laughs) which makes me kind of want to lie down on the floor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not thanksgiving's move. coming up and i so move i know have excuse to do that i know but i think we have to take a break now and uh, when we come back we're going to dive into a post-election personal political that has nothing to do with politics which i'm so excited about more hysteria when we come back
0: the savings rock when you find a new way to roll Like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. Packages by Expedia you were made to be rechargeable we were made to package flights hotels and hammocks for less expedia made to travel the crooked store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights don't the no trespassing collection features four different designs each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack
1: And we're back with Personal Political. Ladies, I'm, uh, I'm so excited that this time it's not like directly related to a political issue, even though I love politics, like hook it up to my veins, you know, but it's so nice to be able to talk about like some normal everyday shit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. I mean, normal everyday shit that is a pain in the ass, but it's mm-hmm. great. Um, so I, I saw a story recently that got under a lot of people's Got stuck in a lot of people's craws. Is that the the correct? Expression? That's correct. We have crows and in, things get stuck in them. Got stuck in my. Cra- it sounds like a 19- Fiddle-dee-dee. <laughs> it sounds like some 1930s, Like God, yeah. I got stuck in my crop. Well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I've got a good 1930s newsroom accent. That oh, I do you break. really? Now? I've got a good. Listen to me. Okay, so uh, during the New York City Marathon, a man proposed to his girlfriend who was running the race. It was her first time running the marathon. She'd been preparing for over a year. She had 10 miles to go, and her boyfriend proposed to her on the course. Uh He, like, went on to the course, got down on one knee, did the proposal, and then she went on to finish the marathon. Now, the response to this online was mostly, what the fuck? This woman had been preparing for over a year. She was only—she's not even halfway through the marathon, Uh and he stopped her to to, to make it sort of about him. But on the other hand, she seemed— pretty happy about it so mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts were about this because it seems like something that a lot of people have opinions on. um I think that they found love in a
2: very helpless place America in 2018 and uh, I don't know she liked the proposal and I think it was sweet I think it was like logistically weird to stop 10 miles in why not just 10, miles, till the to Ten, Ten miles, miles to go, go. Oh, 10 miles, miles to go oh she is
3: 10 miles
1: to go oh god <clears throat> no changes
2: everything no okay <laughs> OK,
1: see, I, I you're misread a marathon this. runner, okay. So this I'm, I'm curious about. Crowd. OK, so here's how just the the mental journey. I've run three. The mental journey of it has been like you run the first like seven and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, I'm seven miles in. This is great. This is super easy. And then you get to about the halfway point. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm at the halfway point. This is great. I'm doing great. And then around mile like 14, 15, you're like, fuck. I've got 11 miles left. 16, 17, 18 are the worst points in the marathon, or they have been for me, because at mile 16, you've run 16 miles, and you've 10 miles left, and it's just horrible. Right. It is a horrible place to be mentally. You have to, like, really barge through it. A lot of people hit what's called the wall at, like, mile 17, mm-hmm. and people just are like, I can't. That You start seeing dropout tents at the, like, aid stations, so there's, like, big, long tables where they hand you Gatorade and water or whatever, and then around like mile sixteen or so, they'll have a tent that's like you can drop out. There'll be a sign that's like, "Hey, you can drop out if you wanna." And you're running, and you're like, "God damn!" And your bones hurt, and you're like, "You you feel like your your sports bra digging into the skin like underneath your <gasps> armpits," and you're just like, "Your God bones d-. hurt." First you know, of all, that voice kind of sounded like Herbert the pervert. <laughs> hey, you can drop out. If hey, you, want if you can drop out right over here. So that's just a ten miles in, you're still on a high. You're still like, "I'm sure. doing great." Mm-hmm. Ten Ten miles to go is a horrible place to stop. Do you think that maybe this was intentional?
2: Maybe this uh, this woman had been talking about how that ten mile point is where she wants to die and 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 end it. <laughs> yeah. and I was just thinking that sea. too. I
3: was like, oh, if that's the mile point that I was like, maybe it's not so bad. Then maybe he was like, oh, this is the point when you hit the wall. Yeah, I'll give her a boost. Exactly. It could have been that. Could have been the thinking. Before, Love equals endorphins. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I also
1: think about the other people who are running. Like if that were happening around me, it, the, running a big race regardless of the length of it is Mm -hmm. is a really community heavy experience like people help each other out and like if you see somebody walking you see strangers being like you can do it keep going and it's like really positive and and good and because everybody's just high off their asses on endorphins (laughs) yeah um and pain Mm -hmm. but uh but like you know if there's a distraction like sometimes people run races in like outfits and that bothers me mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I mean, whatever. Sometimes they run in like tutus or whatever, but sometimes people, there was a guy dressed like the Eiffel Tower one year that I ran the Chicago what? Marathon. What and... was that material made I out of? I don't know. It was made out of my red hot hatred <laughs> by the end of it. Cause I'm he... delighted by this man. <laughs> Kieran loves or it. Or a man who like juggles and runs the marathon. It's just like, ugh. Ugh. I... I think any distraction that like isn't about running mm-hmm. is sort of like You're very an,
3: purist. Annoying. This is the most hard line I've heard you about anything. How <laughs> dare you run with a costume? How dare you juggle while you run? I'm like, I think it sounds kind of fun <laughs> as a as a pure spectator who has no interest in running a marathon. This story didn't speak to me because I am not that interested in being proposed to or in running a marathon. Oh, interesting. So I have like so little interest in both of these things. The well, Venn diagram. The, Ven- the it's, like, it's like the Venn diagram of I don't give a shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think that the thing that like struck me was that, A, the public proposal is such a, a trope, like a cultural trope. People sure. do it all the time. Sure. And also along with the public proposal comes people weighing in on how other people need to be conducting their romantic lives. Yeah. And and then the third part of that is like the proposal because of the way that it's constructed is like it's a man like drawing attention to the woman in public in a way that's like totally his decision and it kind of feels like a little bit unless it's like well executed it's a ver- it's a little bit of an imposition on the woman's life. I don't I don't know. Like I think the public proposal is a trope that a lot of people encounter and, and see and that's it's like how how much right do men feel like they have to women's like time and space in public? And I, and I think it's, maybe that's a bigger question that I have.
2: I think that uh, I I hear that side. I also think that like I, I don't know. I love seeing love. I love seeing love. I might be the opposite of Karen. I like like she's like I love marathons and I love proposals. <laughs> <laughs> marathons are uh, I I have never run one. I don't I do not have the stamina for it whatsoever. Um, but the idea of like a, a public proposal, I don't have an issue. I don't know. I don't have an issue with like as far as it taking up women's time. It, it's really. It's really about both of them. I mean, I, I think that that's sweet. I think it's sweet. Maybe that's really ignorant of me, but I think this is sweet. I think like logistically, I don't know how you dive into the middle of a marathon with 10 miles to go and make it happen there. It doesn't seem particularly romantic, but it does seem pure to, to her and something that she was passionate about. And um, I, I don't know. She cried and laughed and love love said yes, so it feels like it went well. I wouldn't overthink it. In other words, like, I I think that I see the argument of the greater ramifications of men taking up women's space. But I think this is really about him taking space for both of them, you know. And maybe that's more of an issue that, like, as you mentioned, the marathon is really for runners doing a runner's sort of, you know, it's the running community that he imposed himself on more so than him imposing himself on something that she did solo without anybody else involved
1: yeah i guess like it's sort of sort of made me think about like stadium proposals and like how people will propose on like the jumbotron yeah yeah yeah. and like or like the kiss cam and how all of a sudden it's like ah uh, have you ever been on a kiss cam never Never been on a. Have you ever been on a i I'm not cam? sure. I've
3: been to a game where a kiss <laughs> cam happens.
1: Karen, where, what do you do? I do a she lot of underwear. TVs Aaron. Yeah, Sorry. I do a lot of
3: lying in my bed. Uh, <laughs> I do a lot of lying in my.
2: bed. Or like the Oscars. I have been thinking about who was it who, won, who won an Oscar. Oscar love. I love Oscar. Who won an Oscar and He's proposed Mexican. to his wife? Do you know
3: that? that the, that the statue of uh, yeah really? oh, full really? of ra- full of random facts Raton. oh maybe i don't have opinions on marathons but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the statue—the the statue of the Oscar is is based on the mold of a of a of a Mexican man. I
2: didn't mm. know that's so wonderful.
3: I always was like, "There's no diversity at the Oscar, except the statue everyone's holding, except, except that body." Himself. Yeah, Oscar himself, the mold of the the man himself. I well, like
1: there was that. a but there was a proposal at the
2: yeah yeah. I forget what the category was, but a guy won and, and oh yeah yeah wife. yeah 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 yeah. That's and correct. I thought it was sweet. I don't know. Like here's the thing: I get annoyed when there are like the the kiss camera stadium style proposals are I really to me because we've seen it a million times yeah so that's where i get annoyed it's like if you're not going to put some creativity into this then that uh, whatever you're, you're marrying a, a parody
0: yeah but
1: i think that this marathon thing is kind of cute I, I don't know well i think i i just i have an opinion on the kiss cam it, it is <laughs> <laughs> i think it's have a, you been on it before y- yes i have really with it, with a, a gentleman uh with a gentleman who i should not have been kissing because he was my brother what <laughs> so <laughs> we did not make out yeah. so we, yeah uh, so- I like where this story is going've yeah. uh, I've talked about this before but So with my brother
3: and we need to take a commercial break. But when we come back, let's hear about Aaron's experience with incest in public
1: game of hysteria uh, starring me, the incest lady. No. So my so my brother and sister and I were both sitting at a Twins Pirates game in the old Metrodome. And uh, this was before it was Target Field. All the Minnesota people will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we were at the at the Metrodome watching the Twins play the Pirates, and it was I was home. It was like a month before my brother's wedding. It was the f- last time our whole family was together before you know the big wedding festivities. And my brother, sister, and I were sitting all three in a row. And my brother that summer, I believe, had had he either had an internship or had had an internship the summer before at a minor league team. And I asked him how the kiss cam worked, and he was like, "Well, during play." the people operating the cameras will like kind of look around and they will look, for people that are making a lot of gestures toward each other. Like if it seems like there's a couple and then they'll kind of like program their camera to remember where that was. So they're not just like zooming around willy nilly during Mm -hmm. the, during the breaks. Mm -hmm. They program it for these people that they assume. And so Mike, my brother was sitting there going like making gestures at me. He's like, so, you know, if you see someone going like this and you're the cameraman, (gasps) you're going to assume blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that's how it worked. And he was like, yeah, that's just how it works in the minor league place where I am. And, um, so, you know, sure enough, the next the next break in the action, the kiss cam comes up and there's like uh, that's like a
3: prophecy. I know that he's yeah. explaining it yeah, to you and then it comes to you mm-hmm. and it's like, well, well, and you so, manifested the kiss cam. I he know. Did.
1: It, well, it was funny because it was like, yeah, OK, but that is interesting because like, why would you assume based on gestures that people want? To make out with each other, maybe they're just Italian, you know. <laughs> so anyway, the the thing comes up, and like it takes me a split second to realize that that's me because you don't look at a jumbotron right, right. expecting to see yourself. Of and uh, I always had a vision of like what kind of stupid thing I would do if I got on the kiss cam because I wasn't, I'd never even if it was next to somebody that I wanted to kiss, I would not do it for a kiss cam. Like that's not my style. And I I, I had this idea, like I would do something funny. You know, like I would do like a little jig or something like that. A I would jig. take off
3: my pants and take a shit right there. <laughs>
1: that's Karen okay. style right that that there. That was my alt. That was your alt. <laughs> that was your alt. <laughs> that was my it's
3: alt. It's just like really. Yeah. Well, you don't. I mean, but it is sudden. It's sudden. Yeah. So it's like you don't, you don't get the. It, when a moment happens to you. Maybe yeah. that's what you mean with the proposal, too. It's a moment happening to you. So it can take. Take it can, a second. It's a moment imposed on you. It yeah. can take it can take a moment.
1: Well, so anyway, he, it comes up, I realize it's me, and I instead of doing anything cool, I put my head in my hands and I put my face down like on Oh my, you retreat. Yeah, I just went like I, I totally my flight reflex took over. Yeah. And my brother and my sister high fived over my back. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my experience on the kiss cam. That's kind of cute. <laughs> Literally pulling
2: yourself into your tiny shell. I know. I am a little disappointed that you didn't make out with your brother.
1: <laughs> really too. thought that's I was, where I, it
2: was going. I was really hoping for that.
3: But, no, but I just—I
1: right. I don't know. I mean, there's I know there's still time.
2: There's still time
1: Aaron. to make out with my brother. Yeah. No. On I a kiss cam. <laughs>
2: We could just get a handicam
3: in the in the uh, studio oh, gotta, here and go we could pro. we could fly out your brother. I
2: mean I'm extremely know, fine with that. Make a viral Guys, video for the internet. I'm so unpassed. <laughs> <laughs> the audience of hysteria is demanding this, Erin. It's not us. We're just uh I fun. love the way it's like your face of discomfort is what's egging us on <laughs> to continue down I, this I just,
3: disturbing line. Have have Aaron ever... Brother Kiss Orion. Oh my god. <laughs> I
1: Grace. I'm saying this in all sincerity, but I will kill you. (laughs) Have you ever had anything happen in public where a man or like there's been a situation where like a man has done something that he thought was romantic, but it was like actually kind of embarrassing?
3: Hmm. One time in India, I was walking down a street waving to a little girl because I worked at this orphanage. It's like this whatever, this village um, where they're with these children and this guy on the bicycle grabbed my boob. (gasps) <gasps> As I was walking by, I was like a, a ride by boob grab. I was very upset about that. Oh. Very small man, like very thin. And then he kept riding.
1: Should have kicked his ass. Yeah,
3: yeah, but it was so sudden. It was like, it was like a really, like, it was like a, it wasn't, I mean, I don't think I answered your question correctly. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a, that wasn't romantic. No, dream. no,
3: it was kind of, that was an assault. But like, but it was like, it felt like he, <laughs> he felt like he punched my boob and um, I was so, I was so pissed. Mm -hmm. It was but it was like I couldn't react fast enough to like I wanted to like chase after him and like push him off the bike and like kick kick him, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was like, oh, he just like wouldn't be expecting it. It's like such a anyway, that was
2: terrible. Um, (laughs) I had I actually am uh, remembering a teacher of mine in high school who I never liked, he was one of those teachers, Everybody he taught, he taught AP English. Everybody, yes, I took AP classes. Um, we didn't have them
1: at my school.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, it was rural. Huh. So. Rural. Rural. <laughs> um, he was, like, beloved by everybody. I went to an all-girl high school. And beloved by everybody, and by the time you got to be a senior, like, you wanted this teacher. So, he was the Beto Rourke of... For sure. And I was just like expecting <laughs> of this your god-like teacher to be this most amazing, uh, like just the most amazing mentor. And day one, I'm like, I don't buy it. I, it's just there's a facade here. I'm not into it. And this was confirmed a couple months later when I forget what he was explaining. Let's say something, uh, the something Odyssey, about English, something about English. And he to explain his point, jumped on. A desk. It was not mine, but it was the desk of a student. We had like a kind of like we're all sitting in a circle, and it was just so aggressive. And it was it was in that moment that I was like, oh, this is just a performance for you. Like you love all these teenage girls loving you and being all about you, not in a sexual way, not in like a flirty way. But he was like, in in, in order to control attention. He did that. It was literally like Tom Cruise jumping on the sofa on Oprah. You guys remember that mm-hmm. like iconic moment where we were like, "This guy is off his rockers." Mm-hmm. It was that a few years in advance, and I, I just remember being like, I'm, "This is like you're imposing your physical self on somebody in a way. Again, not sexual, not romantic by any means, but in a way to just get attention. In that, And that like very specific. I just again not like I I, I, I that has stuck with me as a moment of being like men just. They just they if they need attention they will do what they take they will they will take that time and they will do whatever it takes to make it happen. What is amazing to me about this
3: conversation is that Aaron's question was. Has anyone you've been with ever done anything that was an untoward romantic gesture? <laughs> I told the story about assault in India. And you talked about your high school professor. your high school teacher who jumped on a desk.
1: I feel like this is really revealing a lot about both of you.
3: Yeah. Okay. The only the only example <laughs> I can the only example I can really think of I think that I think that it's the the people that I date would probably know that that's not like I'm not going to be a person that you're going to you know don't don't do some bullshit yeah you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like like th- this is probably a bigger a bigger thing but I remember one time being in wine country with an ex and I remember uh this he he kind of like had given me his sweater or something because it was cold and there were two girls walking behind us because goes, she goes oh I want someone to give their sweater to me and I just wanted to turn around and be like take this guy take this guy and take this sweater you could just have these ones (laughs) wow it's
1: amazing that didn't work out
3: yeah (laughs) Yeah, just fine just take this one
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe because it was a marathon thing, and because it was like, oh, I am entitled to your time and your attention. It just sort yeah. of, it sort of reminded me of like this. I don't know the mechanisms behind like catcalling and right. people being like, oh, woman in public. Hey,
3: the only difference is this is a re- this is a consensual relationship that totally. this woman has like chosen to be in, and uh-huh. I mean, it might be it might be indicative of what their relationship is, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Of like, it, you know. Like, is this a man who is co-opting attention from a moment of her glory? Was this a man who is like, you know, knew that it was like, this is the moment when you hit a wall and thought it might be sweet. Mm-hmm. Is this someone who's doing it l- like not meaning to? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and what is the negotiation in your relationship? And this is a question I think we've just talked about this grace offline. But it's mm-hmm. like the the idea of like there's a negotiation in any relationship that you have between what the roles are that each person is playing and mm-hmm. like. We're all in a society and how you negotiate those things are it's so deeply personal Mm -hmm. that I I can understand why it's why it's challenging to judge it from the outside. Right.
1: But I think it's also there's also the point to be made that it's like, well, if you did it in public, what did you expect? like mm. did you expect yeah, pu- sure. like do you want if you don't want the public to weigh in on what your romantic private life is then don't do a thing in public that's right fair. That's, that's uh, and that's, that's I true. think that's what this invited this invited public attention yeah he could have just it, you know jumped and out And she didn't have a choice in the public attention right, is right. Exactly. what you're saying because it
3: was a proposal right, right. right. and
1: and she he, you know if he wanted it to be a private moment between them the two of them and not have it be something that other people were like well oh, here here are my thoughts on this Then, then he could have just it. jumped out of the bushes when she was on a run scared her half to death, <laughs> uh, and you know. Know, and and propose that way. I just I think that it's sort of one of those things where it's like if you are a man making a romantic gesture in public, a, like to a person that you have a private relationship with, like I guess don't be surprised when people weigh in. When
2: people weigh in, it right. just
1: seems like seems like the nature of things. Also, don't run marathons. It does make your bones hurt. I really? Don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to do another one. It. Just When's was, the last time you ran one? Uh, 2015. Okay. Yeah, it was like, by the end of that. Oh, God. I've oh. And if any uh, crooked
3: listeners are thinking of running a marathon, don't wear an Eiffel Tower outfit or Aaron will hate you. <laughs> Aaron will but hate kinda you. But I'll kind of like you more. So <laughs> just weigh it out
1: in your mind. <laughs> I mean, so I am wearing a Thundercunt swe- sweatshirt. Can we today. talk about this? This is really exciting. Just very briefly before yes. we take a quick break. Uh, the other, a few weeks ago, I don't remember, it could have been 10,000 years ago or could have been yesterday, whatever. Time, time is a construct. Time yes. death yes. is a for sure. Yes. We mentioned the word thundercunt, on, or the phrase thundercunt on this podcast, yeah. and a listener Sent me a thundercunt sweatshirt. It's
2: great. It's wonderful. We're gonna put it up somewhere on the the webs because yeah, it's great. It's, it's
1: glorious. I I yeah. I haven't showered today and I look terrible. So uh, we're gonna be blurring my face and all the <laughs> pictures that go up. There are apps where you can put makeup on your face. I think. Can you put just another person's face, face on, on sure. your face? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, thundercunt. So we have to take a quick break. <laughs> when we come back, I'll have what she's having.
2: Horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at Cricket.com/slash store for this month only.
0: It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. But you don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. You set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go And Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible. (laughs) Legal disclaimer, paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee.
1: And we're back with more hysteria uh we're we're resurrecting cuz it's po- it's post election post election guys post election i mean we, we never get it. we never get to relax ever again because <laughs> relaxing is what got us in this fucking terrible place <laughs> that we were in prior to the election but we can like relax like twenty five percent. Okay. And that relaxation has given us space to resurrect some old uh segments.
3: It's, I'm imagining you in your bed sleeping at like a forty like a seventy five degree angle. <laughs> like just hovering above. She's like, don't wanna don't wanna lie all the way down. Stay woke.
1: Too relaxed. Well normally I sleep like a bat. I just hang from the ceiling with my feet kind of in the beams. Oh that's cute. Yeah, but now I'm now I'm just sleeping Curled up right in front of my front door with my go bag clutched to my chest. <laughs> oh. Sometimes I sleep in my go bag. <laughs> you would fit in a go bag. What is a go, go bag? bag? You don't have a go bag. Everybody's got a go bag. Karen, you need a go bag. You gotta get a go bag. I don't it know is, what that is. It's a bag that water contains. Filters. Yeah, it contains things that you need in the in case of emergency. In case you have to leave real quick. Batteries, flashlights, floss, cash, uh, toothbrush, tampons, uh, underwear, a couple pairs, uh, mm-hmm. water purifier.
0: Mm-hmm. Basic. So where are you
1: going? anywhere the, the in the event of the apocalypse Kieran I'm prepared have you ever read the stand
2: dude All You right.
1: need to go back
2: Dude, yeah. we're going to get you a go bag. All right. That <laughs> sounds like
1: a good gift. Sounds like a, sounds like a good... Yeah. I did... You know what? Speaking of romance, uh, an ex-boyfriend, I gave him... He was very paranoid and didn't know how to handle himself in disasters. And for Christmas one year, I got him... Or for Hanukkah one year, I got him a go bag. That's
2: wonderful. Did yeah. you like it? He did. That's great. He did. He, did. Um, he did. I was once on a show that had a go bag as a wrap gift. Oh. So smart, right? That is great. It's like a backpack. And you're like, oh, this is just a backpack That's for great. whatever show. And no, inside just... Oh, I did. I survival have, tools. Survival tools. So, um, so in Florida, they have hurricanes. So
3: it's like you stock up on water, but in the house, you know yeah. what I mean? So you have, it's kind of like or an earthquake survival kit, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. called a go bag.
1: But where are you going? Or a bug bag. They where aren't you going? Karen? Well, it's like, it's like if you have to evacuate. But also I have a yeah. friend oh, okay, who, I, see, I have a I friend see. who used to do, used to work for a government organization that, that dealt with like disaster response. And she said that. You know, most of the time, the you, when a disaster happens, you should just stay put. Like, yeah. Going yeah. Is, and people flee and they shouldn't flee. But anyway, you know, it's fine. Everything's Except fine. Except fires. And then yeah. you should probably get. I was like, I'll probably I'll probably live
3: because, like, I don't want to. <laughs> 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 like, I'd be like, I don't have a bag, whatever.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, ugh, you Karen know. will
2: outlive all of us and be healthier than all of us as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just laying in her bed for hours and hours and Sleep time. is very yeah. important, guys. <laughs> it's very important to you too. I respect that. Yeah. I didn't uh, get very much last we night. We should uh we should get into I know cuz you were at what a gala? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a classic. I thought that's a surprise. I was
3: texting you from my bed when you were in that gala. That's true. <laughs> gala. I thought it was gala. Gala, I think. Yeah.
1: It's whatever you want it's, it to be. It's whatever. It's a celebration. Exactly. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> Celebration with a blowout involved, that's all. <laughs> okay, let's get into I'll Have What She's Having. These are uh, things that we're into aren't necessarily new, aren't necessarily, you know, I don't know, something that's that's just an invention or whatever, but these are things that women made that we're excited about and we like. I, every fall, this is, it's, it's fall, even though it doesn't feel like we have seasons here, but it mm-hmm. is fall, mm-hmm. and every fall I like to revisit Patsy Klein's catalog. Oh. Love um it. just listen spend an evening cooking and listening to Patsy Klein and I swear it will it'll feel restorative. It's, it's beautiful. Wonderful. She's got such an incredible voice. Mm-hmm. And her style of music isn't something that you really hear so much anymore. Nico Case kinda does a cool homage type thing to Patsy Klein, but yeah. Patsy Klein is just wonderful and I love listening to her. Mm. In the fall. Specifically, I, in, specifically in the fall. Specifically in the fall. What do you cook while you're while you're um, well, I have a climbing. couple, weirdly, uh, and, and my- boy- Grace is like, paint me a picture. <laughs> my boyfriend- What are you wearing? are you wearing? My boyfriend makes fun of me for this, uh, but I make a ton of Mexican food. He's like, oh, a white girl from Wisconsin <laughs> cooking a ton of Mexican food. But I, um, I love, uh, cooking, like, there's a specific, like, uh, verde, like, salsa that I make and I use oh, as yeah. a base for, like, a soup. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I sometimes cook Do Italian. Uh, Do you like- I, I have done that. I also yeah. do like an enchiladas verde. I love I love like salsa verde or like green chili based dishes because I spent a summer living in New Mexico when I was like eighteen. Mm. Um and Ooh, I, I think
3: we should have a cook off between Aaron and Grace.
1: Sounds <laughs> I'll
3: be the arbiter. I'm of sure whose you would food oh, really? is more delicious. I'm
1: sure, you, I'm sure you would win. But I cook a lot of Mexican food, I cook a lot of uh, Italian food, even though I'm not Italian. And uh, listen to Patsy Klein and just uh, have a nice, quiet night alone with my cat. I gotta have this salsa verde, man. It's I'll bring some. It. It's it's really <gasps> tasty. I'll bring, Please do. I'll I would bring, love that. I'll bring. Do you some do you time.
3: make this dish
2: also? Um, I have, yeah, yeah,
3: I have in the past. Um, anyway. I have a friend who cooks this... doll and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, let's um, let's have a let's have a dal cook off. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to have a doll cook off with you. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you're the you master. Win? Well, I'd be better than him
1: <laughs> by a lot. <laughs>
3: Come on, man. I grew up with doll. Like, yeah, yeah, my doll will be better than your shitty doll. You're not a chef. You're just making doll in your house in Eagle Rock. Get the fuck out of my life. No, of course my doll will be better than your doll.
1: (laughs) This is quite a battle rap. I'm here. (laughs) This is stupid. I'm into this. I love
2: it. Okay, Grace, how about yours? All right. um, I'll have what she's having is, uh, okay, I don't know that we, uh, you guys have heard of Boy Brow, right? Yeah. The Glossier product called boy brow okay so this is like the iconic you gotta have this eyebrow thing that like everybody's been using for years is apparently amazing I had not tried it till very recently in fact today this morning is the very first time that I tried it but I went on to glossier's website to like check out the deal and they have these user reviews and so my I'll have what she's having this week is the most liked positive review because (laughs) this woman says that she spent a summer as uh, a music therapist in Jamaica and that boy brow is what got her through this experience living in Jamaica. <laughs> Hiking six miles in the rainforest, five hours of outdoor music therapy sessions with children rubbing all over my face because they were fascinated at my whiteness, application of the product in dirty, dimly lit <laughs> bathrooms, swimming in the Caribbean, and of course, sweat and tears where you could start to not feel like yourself.
0: Oh, my God. But there was Boy Brow. I just You're want everybody like, to go read I'm it. I'm
2: having, like, an out-of-body experience
0: yes, listening yes. to you oh
1: read my this God. now. That sounds like Louise. You know Louise Linton? You know who yes! she is? That sounds like the book that Mnuchin's she wrote about wife. Yeah, that sounds like the book that she wrote about going to Africa. This might that, be. That was widely debunked as like, this d- didn't happen. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so so our our Treasury Secretary's wife, Louise Linton, is mm-hmm. an awful woman mm-hmm. who is uh, grew up in a Scottish castle and like is just terrible. It's same. also an actress <laughs> and same. Like, she's yeah, a, same. She's a be she had uh, she was one of her parts was lotion salesman and it was cut from a movie. <laughs> She uh, she's an awful, awful woman. And she uh, before she was like kind of the the Marie Antoinette, but like less likable of the Trump administration, which (laughs) says a lot. She uh, she wrote this book about her time in Africa Mm -hmm. um, working in a in an orphanage in her gap year, working in like an orphanage for for children who's I believe who's had either were HIV positive or whose parents had died um, and because of AIDS. And she wrote all these like super racist accounts of like mm-hmm. her. She's like, they were all trying to touch my hair and they called me an angel. And it's like, yeah, Louise, t- honey, take, don't take all the seats oh my god but yeah. yeah that sounds like this is basically her this Did is louise linton right yeah louise
2: linton i think wrote this it's... how is
1: that the number one most positive most review? liked
2: positive review i don't know i don't know i mean i oh, guess it's impressive god. that this that this product works that well but also
1: my goodness well it can't cure racism apparently <laughs> it can make your brows look great but it can't make you into a person that isn't fucking tedious
2: I, it sounds super corny, but boy brow was what made me feel like myself every day. That's a direct quote. Uh, she seems real happy, so I'll have what she's having.
1: Oh, my God. Piping hot. <laughs> Old school racism. Yeah. Just like what mom used to make.
2: Also, by the way, user reviews are wonderful. I oh don't think we God. spend enough time. I mean, there's like the Haribo gummy bear. Thing I think you I don't know if you guys have heard about that but no. like okay so uh, I'll keep it very brief here but Haribo um, has these sugar-free gummy bears and you guys should go to Amazon and check out the reviews because basically it's just an escalation of like I shat my brains out I shat my brains out and my <laughs> skin
3: melted because I shat because, my brains out because of all the sugar-free the, <laughs> exactly. that, that exactly the, the, the
2: ingredients and in sugar-free yep. can can yep. really mess with your stomach xylitol or whatever it is not xylitol I don't know what it is but it is it is it's rough and uh... I shat my brains out I shat my brains out. And I my shat. flesh melted off. Right. I shat my brains out, my my flesh melted off, oh. and I, 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 a fetus came out of my Ear. nose. Ear. Yeah,
1: or whatever. Right wow. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Let's get to Kieran's. I'll have what she's having.
3: I don't think I can top graces. That was pretty magical. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a book I haven't read, but I saw it on my friend's uh, dining table, and it looked really interesting. And I thought maybe this would be a thing. I, I was very curious. I... I love it. I saw it on their dining table. I stole it from their dining table. Um, It's called Shout Your Abortion, the forwards by Lindy West, and it's edited by Amelia uh, Bono and Emily. She has a last name and she is a person and I don't have it in front of me, but um, I thought that was it. I thought that, you know, I like started flipping through it and I was like, oh, that's like a a topic. I don't see a lot of. personal experiences published about I was like oh this is like a a this seems like a cool resource mm-hmm. um to to have and and probably speaks to a gap in storytelling that we don't hear about because like it's that. such a private kind of experience and I was like oh that's really probably a a book that could provide a little less alienation and a little bit of a window into what other women are experiencing.
1: Mm -hmm. I think especially for women that are experiencing it themselves, especially if they're in communities where it's not something that people just kind of talk about willy-nilly, like we're in big coastal cities and, you know, it's... You you get people like two cocktails deep and be like, so abortion and people just kind of tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think especially if you're in a place that's kind of far away from liberal enclaves, it's good to not feel alone in those things. Yeah, it seems like a kind of a way to to do that. So I like it. Sounds super interesting. Okay, now I think we just got to move on to hills. So here's the hill I'll die on this week. I think that navigation apps are conspiring against us all to make us late. Here's here's why because Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. they especially Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. don't seem to take into account where stoplights are. Mm -hmm. So here's here's an example. I take you know an Uber from when I go out to work. I work in Santa Monica and I live kind of in the middle of the city, Mm -hmm. and it's it's a long commute. Mm -hmm. But I take the I take a car to the train, and then Mm -hmm. I take the train, and then when I come back, I do it in reverse. Mm -hmm. The car ride home should theoretically be a straight shot up one major artery in the city, but the navigation always tells my driver to go <coughs> up like this weird street where there's no cross signals, mm-hmm. and like, we, and it's rush hour, and so we end up having to sit there for like five minutes waiting for yep. like, the traffic to part. Yep. I think it's a conspiracy. I think they want to keep us in the car. That's I think the that's, hill I'm going to die on this week. I
2: like that. I think it's true. Um, I also had that exact same thing happen to me yesterday on my way to the gala.
1: Oh, my. Stars. I
3: like
2: that. Well,
3: <laughs> but then what about when it tells you, oh, don't worry, it's 12 minutes, and then you're in it, and they're like, 17 minutes. 22
1: oh, dude, you minutes. Know who's been doing that
2: lately? Lyft and Uber too. Yeah. They yes, like yes, we're yes, 3 yes. minutes away and then 10 minutes later they, they just keep
1: saying that. Yeah. yeah. They lie. They lie. There's a lot of lies. There's so many lies. All right, Karen, got a hill you're going to die on this week?
3: This is I don't know how people are going to take this one. Oh, it's boy. um I think I think men's feet are categorically ugly.
2: <laughs>
3: like categorically ugly. Like to the point where and this is really controversial like maybe they shouldn't have feet. <laughs> um would you rather they, they just have
2: flippers? Yeah. Yeah,
3: or just stumps, you oh, know wow. what I mean? Then they just like or
2: just like yeah, wheels, anything, anything, you know. I'm gonna counter that with I've seen some really ugly female feet too. Sure. Why am I looking at women's feet? No, no but, one knows. Yeah,
3: that's fair, but like I'm saying categorically, have I like the the most I can ever expect from a man's foot is that I'm like not totally disgusted, you know? But I just, I like, I was like the audacity of them just having them out. It's truly you imperialistic.
2: Know? It truly is. I just, I don't like the feet. I don't like the man's foot. <laughs> I, I like don't like stepping it. stepping on my boyfriend's feet. What? He has like squish, kind of squishy feet. I can't explain it. Yeah. But I, I would not want him to have flippers because he has squishy feet and they're like. So you like his feet?
3: Yeah, I do.
1: This has gone in a direction.
3: I don't like, I don't like men's feet.
1: Okay. I don't okay. like them. All right. All right. All right. I don't like
3: them. I mean, I don't like them.
1: Okay. All right. I think that's I fair. think you're fully dead on this hill.
3: <laughs> I don't know what it means. It's uh yeah. Right. I I really I do feel that is a that's one You will have people die on that hill with you?
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: I don't know. For I sure. feel I feel pretty alone right now.
1: <laughs> my boyfriend's feet <laughs> are squishy. squishy. I
3: have said nothing
1: about anybody's feet. That's I have correct. no foot opinions. You, you don't? have no opinions on Oh, no. you're just being silent about them. Um well, here's some weird things about my feet. I can walk on the knuckles of them. That's oh, weird. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's I'm not going to do it to you guys. I promise. I don't like it. Um, yeah, it's bad. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I don't like it. Grace likes everything. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> I do in my brain. I don't like it. I don't like what, it. What do you <laughs> like... I don't like... Your voice dropped like three octaves <laughs> yeah. too. And you already don't have that high of a voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay, what hell are you going like to die it. on before we, we okay, wrap the hill this hill that guy up? I, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to keep it food
2: centric because I think that's what, uh, that's what the world demands. Pretzel buns can only be consumed warm hmm. they can and only should be consumed warm if you've ever had a room temperature or even a little bit cold pretzel
1: bun what is that It's is too a, dense that's a good point that's think good about point. it think about
2: it it's You're, not a pre, so it's a it's a pretzel bun it's a pretzel bun so it's like you know a, a, a sort of dinner roll style but but it's it's uh it's yeasty and salty and salty I love a pretzel bun. It's like a roll. It's, yeah. it's like a roll, but it's it's very dense, Kieran. But it has to be consumed warm. You can split it and toast it, and that's wonderful. You can heat the whole thing up in a microwave or an oven. That's wonderful. Here's what you can't do. Serve it at room temperature or a little bit chilly. I had one at the gala last night. <laughs> oh, my God. That fucking gala. <laughs> Gala, gala, whatever. Gala, whatever. Oh, gala. I hate. I hate <laughs> it. I don't like it. I'm dying on that hill this week. Okay, I think that's fair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next week, listeners, tune in for a special you guys heavy edition of Hysteria. We will not be recording it fresh. So if you know a meteor hits the world and we don't talk about it, that's because we recorded it like right after we recorded this one. And uh, thanks to Kieran and Grace for hanging out with me. I'm Aaron Ryan. This was a stereo.